0: Let me just share a couple of Inspire 100 things, and then we'll get into the good stuff here. So um, this is just, I've, and I, I promised Barbara. I said, I'll talk about it more. Because she keeps saying, you don't talk about what we're doing and all the different things. Because people, you like to hear about it, don't you? Like, I, I do too. I, I just, you know what, when you do it, you just forget. You're like, oh, this is just what we do. And so um, this is kind of a cool one that we got a testimony. So um, I don't hammer you guys on giving much, do I? Usually I forget, like I did today too. And Jeff's like, "Hey, do you want me to put the buckets out?" But uh, because it's been so abused, I don't want people to. Um, I want them to give out of a revelation that they've been given everything, because <clears throat> love gives. And so, if you ever heard me talk about that, if you really, if you really understand that God so loved the world, He gave. Right, but He was so filled within Himself that He gave out of His abundance. And so, I, how I was taught it was kind of backwards. It's, it's like, hey. You're not going to be blessed unless you give. And it's the other way around. You've been you it's really out of a revelation, you've been given everything. And uh love is Colossians one, we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. That his primary c- character is love. So he says, I'm love and I'm light. And uh and Love cannot do anything but respond. It's responsive. So everything that is something is held together in him, which is love. And so I was really just meditating on it about a year ago, and I think where I was sharing with you guys a little bit, and I said, you know what's really interesting, how God designed the whole thing is what you do, it, it's responsive. The whole world's responsive. So when you realize that the whole body is one, you know, Paul talks about that. There's one body, there's one spirit, there's, there's a, um, one baptism, one name, meaning that everything is that is connected. And so every part of your body is connected. And so when you give, if you can get the revelation, you're giving to yourself. Because when you give, you're giving into love, which is part of your body. So anyway, this is kind of cool about Inspire. So um, this lady actually started giving to Inspire. And she said, uh, hello, Mike and Barb. This is a testament to the truth, that what you're teaching is truth and nothing but the truth. So she's a single mom with two kids. Um, when I received my, when I received my tax receipt from my inspire 100 donations, I said, I gave to myself and I have doubled, just like Mike says, I said it and lo and behold, that's exactly what I received from you guys. So if you're on the other night, we we're like, you're a single mom. Cause you don't even talk about it. And they were like, you know what? We, we just feel like we want to give you this. And it was exactly double what she gave to Inspire last year. Isn't that cool? Anyway, I just think that's cool. So she goes, I just said, I'm giving to myself and I'm gonna have double, just like Mike said. And lo and behold, it's exactly what I received from you guys, Inspire 100. It was so unexpected. I'm so grateful to God for the wonderful work he's doing. God bless you and everybody else. My kids and I are in love and so appreciate guys so much. Isn't that fun? I think that's fun. That's just a cool testimony for all of you guys. So, um, and then let's see, this was one. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, there was a single mom we that we helped pay some legal bills for and uh, uh, here's her response oh my god and then there's a bunch of exclamation points and everything else and then all caps thank you all so much I'm literally crying right now I'm so unbelievably grateful I've been able to take care of my my legal needs and I feeling a million times more encouraged and hopeful than I was before. Thank you so, so much, all of you that give to Inspire 100. We will report back more as we get it. Isn't that cool? So those are just fun things that I'll share those as they as we do those every month, and and we'll go from there. Amen? All right. So I appreciate you guys that, that do that, because we get to do really fun stuff like that um, because of you. So anyway, um, some of you guys that were at the fellowship and online, we were talking about this. Here's what I want you to get is... Um, Jesus says a couple things. He says, uh, the law of the Psalms and the prophets are written about who? Him. And so he says, all the laws and the Psalms of the prophets, which was all scripture at that time, there was no other scripture. The New Testament wasn't compiled for another 350 years, 380 years almost, almost 400 years. And so uh, when he's talking about scripture, he's talking about Old Testament. And he says, the whole thing's written about me. And his name is, God's name is Yahweh, yud vav And Jesus's name is Yehoshua, if you go look it up, Joshua, and uh, it literally means Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh saves. So every story is about how Yahweh saves. And if you go through all the scriptures, you'll see all the different characters. And tonight we're going to talk about Moses and Joshua, but every story in scripture talks about the same thing. And so it's kind of humorous to me when I hear a lot of these pastors going. We're taking this from the Bible, the seven laws of whatever from Moses. I go, you missed it completely. That's not even what it's talking about, but anyway. Um, so when you get that, uh, meaning it's not literal, guys, is you need to tell it, find the meaning in it. And that's another thing Jesus says is he says this. He says, I teach in parables, and without parables, I teach not. So anytime you see any teaching, he says the Old Testament is about him, how Yahweh saves, and the New Testament is about him. But it's a parable. Is, that, is that everybody with me so far? So when you start taking it literally is when you really get it mixed up and you've got to twist yourself into really bizarre religious ideas that uh, end up hurting people, in my opinion. So anyway, I want to talk about this. So um, let's go to that first slide, just John 16, just a quick little review last week. And so John 16, 24, um, one of my favorites, you, you hear me talk about it all the time, because I don't see anywhere in Scripture where there's limits to anything. So John 16, 24, he says, Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. That sounds like a really good exclamation, doesn't it? Ask, in my name, you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. So the only thing we need to figure out is what does it mean to pray in his name? Because it said, if you ask anything in my name, you're going to receive it so that your joy may be full. And I was sharing last week, it's not yelling Jesus loudly and falling down and whatever. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. And so that's why I love the, some of these testimonies that are coming with the kids. And there's more that we're going to share as, as the kids are around. Because um, gosh, isn't that cool? Like, just for them to learn this stuff right now. And so to a Hebrew, the name, if, if you looked it up, uh, as I was sharing with you, it literally means the very nature or essence of the person it is. So when it says, pray in his name, it's always praying in the the pattern of Yahweh, yud vav or Yehoshua, yud vav shin And so when you pray in his very nature or essence, you will receive. So I don't want to spend too much time on this because i cover this, but his name or his essence is his character, meaning that if you said somebody's name... Um, and you guys understand this. If I say um, if I say Michael Jordan, what's the first thing that comes to mind about his character? Basketball player, like that's who he is. If I say Tiger Woods, who? What do we think of? Oh, that's who. That's his essence. That's his character, right? Now, there's all different parts, but when we say "yud hey vav hey," it literally means Yod is." The name of God is the power of God that what you see within attaches itself to what you see. That's his essence. And then Moses tells us Exodus three fourteen. God says unto Moses, when he says, what, who shall I say the name? Because they had all these gods, right? They were, they were polytheistic. They had many gods. And so he said, um, we're used to gods we can see, like gods that we've manufactured and we have a little statue and we can see them. He goes, so you're telling me that you're, you're spiritual and we can't see you. So who should I say that you are? And God's response was, I am that I am. And if you really look at it, it's Yad Havah. It's, it's really the power to be. It's literally the power of God to effortlessly be whatever you want to be. I am that I am, if you want to really break it down how simple it is. And he says, this is my name, or shame, forever. So if that's his name forever, what's his name today? Same, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. No changes. He doesn't change. He's not like man that has a shadow or turning is what it says. So anyway, his name is shame, forever and ever, in a different translation, say for generation, for generation. This is my memorial unto all generations. So we better figure out what is his essence. And it really is the power to be it to be. The power to simply be. Now, what's cool is if you look at name, Shem is two Hebrew letters, that backwards W is a shin and then mem. And uh, a shin is represented by a tooth or fire. And it was the process, literally if you go look it up in Hebrew, see every Hebrew letter, like the, the original Hebrew language wasn't really spoken. It was kind of like math. It was when you see these symbols uh, you're going to know what it means. It's all this big puzzle and all these symbols mean things and there's numbers to them. So you're going to figure out what I'm saying by what the symbols say and what the numbers mean, right? And people get all nervous about numbers. I go, there's a whole book on numbers, isn't there? It's like it's, There's numbers. There's numbers all over in the Bible. Are you one of those numerology guys? No, but there's numbers mean things in scripture. So anyway, so Shem, Shin, it literally is a tooth or a fire. Now think about this. If I'm consuming an apple, um, it literally was the process to devour, to, to chew up, devour, break into its smallest particles and create a new life out of it. That was really th- what Shin meant. And so uh, the email I sent out and on Facebook, I put put a picture of this forest fire and then this little green shoot coming out of it because it was the same idea, right? When, when a fire comes through something, it literally transforms everything, brings it down to its smallest particles or elements, which is really just energy at the end of the day. But uh, you guys, you know, in the last fires we've had around here, after about a week, you start seeing the green, don't you? doesn't take long. One rain after that, and all of a sudden, new life shoots out of this thing. That was shin to them. That means we could consume what we don't want right now, and new life's going to come out of it. Isn't that cool? And then mem was just the spirit. Mem was water or the spirit or Literally was the number 40, which was the the time from when the seed is planted to embryo stage to where it starts to pr- so that's kind of cool. Is that that's the nature of God and how he'll always be. You guys follow me? All right, so because the name is limitless, guys. That's what I want you to get. There's he's every story is Yudhei Vavhe or Yudhe Shin Ayin. Or Yudhe Vav Shin Ayen. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, every story takes that. So what, in, its, in its easiest sense, if we want to really like, what are all these ancient writers that put together scripture? What were they writing about? They're little truths that are going to be true forever and ever because God never changes, his very essence. And really, if you want to boil it down, it was all involving prayer. Every, every story is about prayer. Now, what's prayer? It was really about the spirit, learning how to live out of the spirit to take dominion over the physical. It was accessing the spirit realm, because every blessing's there. He says, I've blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Yeah, yeah, every promise is yes and amen in him, which is in you. Don't you know Christ is in you? So I don't want to keep going over that. But he makes it very clear that the physical is not supposed to be dominated. The physical, I'm sorry, what we see here is not the truth, not reality. It says everything you see here is temporary. And it moves and it changes based on what you do in the spirit. Now, that's exactly what science is showing. I'll read you a couple of things. I was kind of geeking out on this. Science, this physics article today. I'm like, God, this stuff's so good. But um, every story is, if I don't like what I'm seeing here, I can access every promise that's already yes and amen. Everything's already available in the Spirit, and change what I have here. Isn't that good news? I think that's really good news. So if we hit the next, uh, the next slide there. Um, here's what I want you to get. I, and I wrote some notes. Some of you guys that were, came over to the fellowship. I was like, this stuff's coming to me unbelievably right now. Just notes after notes after notes. So I won't bore you with all that. But it was really just, yud vav So Colossians 1 tells us that everything that is created is created within him, doesn't it? And there's no separation. Like every atom in the universe is in him. So every atom in the universe carries his essence, which is really understanding. And his essence is, I've given dominion over to mankind, so whatever man does within his heart, every atom in the universe responds at the same time, as I was sharing in the the emails. So if you pray for something, what these scientists were talking about is, um, there's these geeky physicists that are... If you understand relativity and quantum physics, they don't match, actually, exactly. So we have these two beautiful things, Einstein's relativity that didn't quite work with quantum physics, and so they're trying to match these things. And these two physicists from Poland, actually, right now are going, you've got it backwards. So what they're saying is relativity, in its, in its essence, is the world responds to how we see it, and we all see it differently, so we all have different experiences. And then they were trying to, they were trying to make quantum physics, they were trying to make relativity respond to quantum physics, and it's the other way. Meaning that the smallest particle, how the smallest things we know move, is relative to what we do. Is really in it what, we, if you want to boil it down, because Einstein's the, the problem with his relativity with E equals M C squared is speed of light still has to travel time and distance. There's still not spirit where there's no distance there, and so well, let me just read this article. I'll, I'll just share just a little bit. So. Uh, it's called, if you want to go look it up, it's called a rebel physicist has an elegant solution to quantum mystery in wired magazine. I don't remember the date, but it's gotta be, uh, no, that's, that's the day I printed it out. So anyway, he's, they're trying to figure out that how do we match up general relativity, Einstein's theory and quantum mechanics. And so here's just, I'll just give you a couple of poll quotes, which really to us, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think it means to us. So he says that the theories are crowning achievements of modern physics, describing nature exquisitely but separately. General relativity handles the big familiar objects and events of the universe. While quantum mechanics covers the invisible strange micro world that surrounds us, where subatomic particles can travel and tunnel through barriers they have no getting business past. Two particles, thousands of light years apart, instantaneously respond to each other's motion with no time. So there's something there that doesn't travel even at the speed of light, it travels at the exact same time. You guys with me? I don't want to get too weird on you, but this stuff just, I get excited about this stuff. Because I think that makes all the difference in prayer. So what they're finding out is there's not even time, there's not even distance. So Einstein was getting close, but that still had the speed of light where there's literally no speed in the spirit. It's instantaneous. So think about this. And they're going, every the whole world has everything in it as all little holograms. And, and really what he's saying is, when you make a change in your heart here, every atom in the universe has the exact same change instantaneously, even if it's light years away. Now that's pretty cool when you understand one body, one now what does that mean? How do we make that really realistic for you and I? When we look at that, ask anything in my essence, Well, we know that everything that is ever created is in God and his essence is all I created responds to humankind. Man is the vav, the nail that connects heaven and earth and all creation, every single part of it responds to what I put in that man. And when you make a change in your heart here, when you pray and believe something here, like Chad was talking about, every single atom in the universe is God's essence and it starts to bring it about right now. So that's what I was sharing last week. So if you understand this, that we're one body, we're one name, we're one spirit, we're one inheritance is what he says. It's a monogene. I've given everybody firstborn status, meaning you all got me. You all got God himself. Isn't that wild? So if you needed something financially, but you don't see it in your own bank account, do you think somebody in the world's bank account probably has it? Somebody does, right? Or do you think something somewhere has the joy that you're looking for or the partner that you're looking for if you're looking to get married? You see the, You see how this works? So I'm just going to put it in, in what I wrote in the email and, and Facebook was, when you change here, we all pick that up. Every single one of us picks it up. Every atom in the universe picks it up. That change that you made in your heart where I'm going to choose to see it differently. I'm going to choose to see this. I know they're saying I'm not going to be practicing for two weeks, but I just see myself already whole. And it took four days, right? It works. And so it doesn't matter if there's a thousand people halfway around the world that need to respond to you, they carry the nature and essence of God and it will respond to you. That's how it works. Quantum's sharing that, science is sharing that. And I think really all they're doing is they're using the best language they have today to describe this crazy spirit realm that we possess as our inheritance. So, anyway, I think that's fun stuff. And it says, physicists generally assume that the smallest particles, quantum mechanics, is more or less true, description of nature, and then they try to make relatively catch up with it. I mean, and they, these guys are going, no, you got it backwards. Said the smallest particle, and I've talked about this a lot, so this maybe isn't new to you, but I think it's fun to see these physicists do it. So, he's saying this we're not saying that objects travel faster than light. That doesn't even matter in our argument. What we're saying is that you can look at the entire creation from a per- perspective that doesn't even need light. It doesn't need speed of light. And I just wrote, perception causes the condom to shape. And he says, from this advantage, you swap the order of cause and effect. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets crazy to me. Where if we, re- we can really get our mind out of there's no time or space in the spirit. He says, I teach you all things and bring everything into remembrance. So anything you're ever going to need, he'll, he'll make available to you at any time, right? Does God know what's going to happen um, 500 years from now? Then you can, because it's one spirit. That's what's really crazy. And I've shared that, uh, Kathleen Cavanaugh sent me an email and she goes, man, I finally got it after fellowship Sunday night. She goes, I've been asking God to, most people have this concept because how they're taught. God's got this, God's in charge. And if you read scripture, he doesn't. He says, I've given this over to you. (laughs) You're in charge. Uh Uh-oh. And she got it. I was like, yes, she got it. Because she goes, my whole life, I've been waiting, I've been praying and then asking God to change it, waiting for something to change on the outside. She goes, I now realize what I change within causes everything in creation to change to what I just did within. You guys see the difference? Most people are trying to ask God and they're wondering where it's at. And he's going, no, 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 I've given dominion over to, the, to you. To the sons of God is what he says, right? And so Romans 8, it says, all Christianity is praying, asking God to change things. And their own book says, um, you got this backwards, boys and girls. All creation, every atom in the universe is waiting for you to wake up that you're a son. <laughs> and you have control over it. If you go read Romans 8, that's what it says. All creation is moaning, groaning, going, would you guys get this and hurry up? It sucks to be in this condition right? So I'm trying to get you to realize who you are. So he says, when we understand this, uh, what we're saying is, wait, where did I I say that? Uh, You can swap the order of cause and effect. All right. Most of us think this. Most of us think when we pray, we're asking God to, once we pray, um, that causes God to move. That would be cause and effect, right? Right? what these physicists are showing, they're going, no, no, no. When you see what you already desire to happen, it causes it to happen. It's backwards. So when you see the end, when you see your prayer is already finished, is what it says, believe you have received it. It's past tense in scripture. Then it'll make anything in the world happen and make what you just did inside real. It's flipped. Anyway, I just think it's fun. It's like, are you kidding me? There's no limits. We can change anything in any situation. Now that gets fun to me, doesn't it? Anyway, maybe you don't maybe you don't get excited as I do about it. But all right. So let me just. I just want a couple notes. So everything that's created is created in Yud Hey Vav he. So everything carries this essence. Meaning, God is the hand or the power of God that shapes and forms whatever we image. That Hey is an open window. Whatever we see, the power of God. Attaches that to us, and we experience what we're what we focus on within is what we're ultimately going to experience. That's yudhe Everything that's created is created in that, and there's nothing outside of that, is what scripture says. So, when we create something bad, how many guys have ever made a mistake? God endures all things, that mistake is in Him, and it that that possibility never changes. That that mistake, that negative thing, that whatever we've created, either consciously or unconsciously. We, A lot of us have had bad programming growing up and wrong belief systems. And then when you get to be an adult, you go, where'd we get that? And then you're like, oh yeah, I remember this from my coach or my mom, or we pick up stuff, don't we? Now that's the life we've experienced until you get an aha moment or you go, it doesn't have to be that way. But that creation, that thing exists within God. Now, why is there a shin? Why is why is bav different? He says, I've given the authority over heaven and earth to the son of God. Who's the son of God. Jesus, as he is, even so are we. The very attributes of Jesus, we share. We've become one. The same, just as Father and I are one, every you and I are one. And the same glory that the Father gave Jesus, Jesus gives you, is what it says. He's trying to give you this language that you're it. I'm in you, I dwell in you, and I've given you who I am. And if you operate and understand who I am and how you're designed, now you're gonna have dominion over the whole earth, is what he's saying, so... Jesus' name is different than the Father's name. So why is it different? If we create something negative, um, I, used to, I used to use this kind of language sometimes. Like, uh, If we've made a mistake, and I've made a couple, and some of you guys probably have too. If we had to live with our mistake and it would never change, which God does, he endures all things, so that, that possibility of our mistake exists forever. But how many of you guys want to live with your mistake forever? That kind of violates grace, it kind of violates love, doesn't keep any record of wrong. Doesn't it? This is where it gets fun to me. So we have dominion, Yudahe, vavhe, because human beings are the only creation that we can conceive of something, an idea, a picture, whatever. Trust that what we just did is a power of God and it comes to pass in our lives. That's Yudahe, Vavhe. So we have dominion over the Earth, because we can conceive of something and what we conceive of becomes. That's I am that I am. Everybody with me? All right. But we've created things we don't want. So, yeah, I did that and I made that mistake, but I don't want to be that anymore. How do we get out of this situation? This is where Yudhei, Vavhei, and Shin comes up. So, anyway, the story of Moses, you guys know this. So, if you go to uh, Genesis, Exodus, Philippians, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the next book is Joshua, which is Lily Yehoshua. And it says, Moses, the servant, is dead. Yehoshua, enter into the promised land and receive your inheritance, right? So if you go look it up, it says Yehoshua. Did, did I put that up there? Yeah, I did. All right. So if you go look it up, it's Strongs 3091. And it simply says in Strongs, it says, Moses' successor, the Lord is salvation. I don't think that gives you anything, really. I don't, I don't think it gives me much. At least that give me much. So but let's tell the story. The story always has to fit Yudhe Vav hey or Yudhe Vav Shinaian. So Moses. Um, If you ask most pastors, whatever, and they go, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, what are they going to say? Moses is what they'll say, right? Did you ever notice that Moses writes his own obituary? He's the first guy I've ever met, right? That He's writing about his life after he died. He writes, he compiles the book after he died. Isn't that strange? Anybody else? So (laughs) at fellowship, we were talking about that. Stephen Melton's like, that always confused me. Maybe Moses didn't write it. It was written like 600 years after the Babylonian exile. So what does it mean? That's what I want people to get. So if we look at Moses, Moses means to, to birth out of itself, to, um, to draw out of itself, to heal. And we also see that Moses has this crazy ability to write his own obituary. He gets to decide when he dies and what happens when he dies, Right? Now, this all plays into the story if you understand it. So if it understands yud vav hei here's Moses and Yeshua. So God gave us the Shin. Let me explain this a minute. So the first three letters of Jesus are the first three letters of yud vav hei It's yud vav shin So the last parts have changed, and the Shin is really big in this because it says, if you don't like what you've created in your life, perfect love doesn't keep any record of it. I'm not, as a graceful father... I want you to be able to change any situation in your life. John 16 doesn't give us any limits. It says, if you want anything, pray in my name, the essence of who I am, and you will receive it so you can be full of joy your whole life. So it says, doesn't it? Now, like I said, we've all created things that we don't want, that, that we've, by our own mistakes, by our own upbringing, how we've believed wrong things, we start to experience a life we don't want. If we had to live with that forever, that would be very ungrateful. So he gives us a shin, so literally it's this, if there's anything we don't like, I told you what that shin is. It's that tooth of the fire, the process of transformation, of breaking down what we don't want, grind it into its smallest elements or particles, and making something new out of it. And I'm just reading this out of the Hebrew, literally. The spirit constantly changes matter, but the spirit's essence itself doesn't change, and then ayin simply means to see. Now, I just put some notes here. Is why do we have a shin in the name of the sun? He says, I've given dominion of the entire world things that are on earth, things that are below earth, things uh, above earth, to the sun. And if we pray in his name, if we pray in his essence, what does that look like? Why do we have a shin? that I just wrote, because of the mercy of God. He's the grace of our Father. It symbolized a tooth or a fire. That tooth or, or fire consumes and devours anything in its path. The Father has given us the power to consume and devour what we don't like. So, if you don't like your current situation, whether it's health, whether it's uh, a legal situation, whether it's abundance, whether it's relationships, he's given you the power to simply do something with it. And that's the shin where it says it devours everything in its path, forms it into its basic elements, which is really just love and light. It's, It's God himself, it's very essence and reshapes to what you did focus on. Is that cool? I think it's cool. So I just wrote, uh, um, All of us have created things in our life by wrong belief systems that we don't like, either consciously or unconsciously. If we weren't able to change them, we'd have to live with our mistakes forever, which is not grace or love. But the shin within us, the sun, gives us the ability to change ourselves and anything about our lives. You have dominion when you understand you you can and are possessing anything you want, even though you can't see it in the physical realm. The final result is everything you don't like will be burned up and consumed and it, and it comes to birth in a new way that no man knows how. That's Yeshua. That's praying in his name. Does that make sense to anybody? I feel like I'm not getting the cross very well. You guys good? Because I got excited about that. I think you guys excited about it. I was like, yes, this makes sense to me. Why there's a shin. Why, why Yeshua's name is different. And if God and the Father are one, what's different? And I think Jesus gives us the clue. He says, God and the fire of there are one, but I'm less than the Father. Meaning this, that what we create cannot be co equal to the Creator. Meaning that if we have a wrong belief system in our heart and we're experiencing any lack in any area of your life, it's just because of this. It's really, we, we've believed something incorrectly in there long enough that it's become real in our life. So what we've created is not as important as the father. The the father still has dominion over that. And so he goes, I'm gonna give sons dominion over the entire earth so they have the ability to change it, massage it. I'm gonna give them a shin which consumes everything, changes anything they don't want in their life and reforms it into their new life. And then we see this weird idea of Moses where he says, you know what, I can decide what I want to die. He writes his own obituary. And then they, they add this weird thing in scripture where it says, and nobody can find his burial place. We still argue about it today. You ever see Christians argue about it today? Missing the whole point of the story, in my opinion. So like, you know, Moses, his body's not there, and Jesus' body's not there, and I I would disagree. I, I, I read it very differently. What he's trying to say is this. After Moses is Yeshua. So Moses is to draw out of oneself, to create, to rescue out of oneself. So he goes, if there's anything you don't want, you can die to it. You have the ability to die. You can write your own obituary of that part of your life and no one, you won't be able to even find that old man anymore. It'll be buried somewhere and nobody can find it as if it never existed. Isn't that good news? If you get this, man, holy smokes, because some of you guys have done some stuff. I've done some stuff too, but some of you guys, I deal with you guys. So some of you guys have done some stuff, man. And, and, uh, and so I'm like, holy, wow, really? Um. They're like, yeah, we lived large. I go, man, that's pretty large. So, Now, what are the implications of this? What if there's a legal thing hanging over your head? What if there's this bad name holding over your head, etc.? When you really understand this, guys, that there's a shin, you can go, you know what? I don't like that part of my life. I don't like what I birthed out of myself, right? So I'm going to choose to write an obituary for that part of my life. And other people, the government, legal systems, I don't care who it is involved. All creation has the exact same essence and responds the same way. Even if it was on your record at one time, they won't be able to find that old man. It's as if it never existed when you really understand this, that all creation responds to that. That is so good if you understand that. Because some of you guys are still beating yourself up over mistakes in the past, like, well, I have this record, or this is what's going on, and in this situation I did this. I go, when you really get Yeshua, It burns it up, moves away as if it's never happened and nobody can even find it ever again. The legal system somehow can't find it. Your employer can't find it. Nobody can find it as if it never happened. It completely died and we're all going to go, that's not the man I know. That is so good when you understand that. Anyway, I love that part because like I said, some of you guys have done some stuff and if we had to live with that our whole life, and most Christianity would tell you that, well, you know, you made your bed, you got to sleep in it. That sucks, man. That made some bad beds. That's not God. That's our human understanding of what we thought it was. Well, you know, look, you got to pay the consequences. Yeah, you know, God forgives you, but you got to pay the consequences in the physical. I disagree. I think it's completely incorrect what they're saying. So I think it burns it up in, as if it never happened. And we've seen the miracles of it, guys. We've seen wh- whether it's legal stuff or anything. So just take it into your own life as if it never happened, amen? So one of the things I like to do with her is, is uh, uh, like Stephen Cathy saw us and we talked about this. They knew us at our worst and they still love this. So, um, But I, I, what we talk about is like, you know, she was my high school sweetheart, but I grew up in Iowa and she grew up in Michigan. So was she really my high school sweetheart in literally? No, but we're burning up anything that could have interrupted any of that. And so in my We've switched cause and effect. There's no time. So literally we can go, we can rewrite the past. It's really a fascinating idea when you start looking at scripture. So now it's, people know us. They're like, I can't even conceive of that. Yeah, that, that man never existed. It died. And we, we don't know where that body even is. We can't even find the burial place of it. Cool. Anyway, let's go to the last slide. I hope this makes sense. All right. I got so excited about it. I feel like I'm kind of not doing it, but giving you guys justice. How else can I explain it? No, I think... I the best I can do, your past literally does not have to be. you can redesign it, burn everything up, and create a new life as if it never existed that 's the best way to describe it, probably so all right, so this last so Moses gets to write his own obituary, and nobody can find that old man. How does it happen? He goes you know what I want that part of my life to die i 'm kind of tired of of uh, Lack. I'm kind of tired of this health case. I'm kind of tired of these bad relationships. Those are the three things I deal with with people all the time, which is why I always talk about them. Because what if we could learn to live in the spirit and actually have dominion over everything, over all of it? That's how we're designed. That's what he's given us is what it says, that there's literally nothing in the physical that we can't overcome, reshape, create, and form anew so we can enjoy it and have completely joy. So I don't know what that is, but true prayer is not going, hey, can you pray for me for this and tell me all the things wrong with you? It's literally seeing what you do desire as if it's already done. And the fire, the shin within you will burn up anything you don't like right now. You don't have to focus on it. It's just a natural part of who you are, that Yeshua within you. It burns up anything you don't want and literally forms new life out of what used to be there. So your joy may be full. So it really is a simple thing. Um I want to talk about this because this is, this is this is fun to me. So we were talking the other night with Stephen Kath and Kobe and, and some of the other people. I go, um, we like to ski and we like to travel and do fun things, et cetera. And and so I was like, hey, I was just checking to see what private airfare was to, to Aspen and Jackson Hole, what Stephen Kath are talking about. And I go, we're in, man. We're, it's it's really, it's almost like the cost of a first class ticket actually it's really not that big a deal i go a lot of you guys are going to do this you're going to go um oh i could never do that right why can't you do that what would be the only limitation your bank account says it's impossible right i can't do it so like for for uh I just checked like for six of us to go. It's really ridiculous, actually. I thought it was a great deal. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was a great deal. So anyway, I won't tell you the numbers, but it, here's what I want you to get. If you would like to be on that plane and fly private and just go have a great time and, and go ski, whatever, if you don't want to do that, stay home. I, people are like, I don't even want to do that. I go, I want to do it. You do what you think is fun. I think that sounds really fun to me. But I want you to never look at it and go, oh, that's too much to me. I go, you have a shin within you. That just means you don't have enough in your mind. Let's burn that old concept up. Let's see yourself already. I'm assuming that you want to do this. I'm trying to give you an example because we were doing an example the other night. Does that sound fun to anybody else? Is just fly private instead of putting a mask on and going through the airport? Like, sir, over your nose. Like They're just like militant right now. i like, <laughs> So <laughs> I thought I was going to be tricky. I told Barbara, "Go, I'm just going to hold my water the whole time." Cuz miraculously COVID knows it can't jump on you when you're drinking or eating. So somehow it knows that. So I said, "I'm just going to I'm going I said I don't want to wear my stupid mask this whole time." So we're in first class and I'm just sitting there holding my water and I'm doing work and all of a sudden the lady goes, uh, "Sir, you need your mask on." I said, "Oh no, I'm still drinking my water." She goes, "I've been watching you." <laughs> She goes, you haven't drank for 15 minutes. I go, oh, I'm going to start drinking now because it, it knows it can't jump on me. So to me, I'm like, that's just a reality right now. So I go, you know what? Let's just see ourselves flying private anywhere. And we, we tell the, where to put the masks, right? <laughs> Doesn't that sound fun to anybody? Like, and you get off and you don't have to go uh, get there an hour before your flight. If you're flown private, literally it's like you get there five minutes before they check weight and balance. They throw your crap in and you take off. It's this wonderful deal. and like, God, that's, why aren't we doing this? That's what I was saying. Like, why are, I'm teaching this stuff. Why am I not doing this? So I just want you to see that because you could literally burn up any lack and see yourself doing it and all of creation will respond and put you on that airplane as if the old you never even happened. That's Yeshua. Amen? So, all right. So I don't care if your bank account says no. I don't care if the experts say no. I don't care if your doctor says no. I don't care if he says the facts. The facts, the physical world. Jacob is supposed to dominate Esau, the physical man. We'll probably talk about Jacob and Esau next week. How the Same story, how it all works. But it literally is this. I don't like this. I'm going to see what I do desire. Believe that you have received it and you will. Simply see what you do want life to look like within. And the old thing will go away as if it never happened. And you'll enjoy a new life. That's Yeshua. That's praying in the name of Jesus. Amen? No limits. So let's start living that way. Hope that helps, guys. God bless.